2: Welcome to Mind Shifters Radio. I'm Tim Hayes. I'm your host for the first hour. And today is Monday, January second, twenty twenty three. As always, we're grateful to everyone who's joining us here today, whether you're listening live or through the archives. As we spend another couple of hours teaching and supporting people in using some of the most powerful, effective, efficient, and accessible tools I've ever encountered. has been given I just um checking because I'm getting a, a text message about blog talk radio and um and I am here and welcome uh Jeannie rice apparently she clicked in and clicked out um so you can also go to your app store and type in the three words Heartland Aramaic Forgiveness. And before you're done typing the word forgiveness, you'll see the glowing heart icon. If you choose to tap on that, it will let you download a completely free and private app that contains the Reality Management Worksheet, it contains an abbreviated version of that worksheet process and a copy of the Dragon on Klingon game which is a wonderful way to introduce these tools to even younger audiences. And we hope people do all of that soon and often because it primarily it tends to improve the quality of people's lives when they apply these tools. And secondarily, it tends to prompt comments, questions, answers, and testimonials. And if you have any of those to share with us, please give us a call at 563-999-3581. Alternatively, you can send us an email. You can email me at tjh at mindshifters-academy.org or you can email Jeannie at j-e-a-n-i-e at yagain.org. That's w-h-y-a-g-a-i-n dot And if we get those comments or questions or testimonials, we will address them on the Internet show. And then if time allows, send you an email to letting you know what day and time they were addressed so you can go back and listen through the archives to your answer. The archives of this show for the past almost 12 years, we're a month shy of 12 years now, are available on the website if you go to o r g, And instead of clicking the Start Here link, Click the microphone. It will take you to a page where you can get access to the entire 12 years archive. The first eight years were just one hour a day, five days a week. And this last almost four years now has been two hours a day, five days a week. So please... um, let us know how we can be of assistance, and um, we're running the the show today with just the people who call in. Uh, there is no possibility yet for the uh, chat room because of some tech technical difficulties with blog talk, and we are back from. A week of doing replays where I replayed shows from the past where I was processing actual processing or uh, reporting on processing I'd done between shows with the worksheet process. And uh, curious as to how that landed for people, whether or not it was of value. Um, it's a very low census these days in terms of the number of people who have called in and are listening on the switchboard. We never know how many people are listening through the Internet and or listening through one of the other um, streaming services, but um, we're always interested in your comments and your questions because it makes it far easier for us to live into our intention and to know, is what we're doing being of service? Because that's the intention. All the time, intelligence, money and energy that's being spent on this is to live into the intention to be of service. So if you were able to be here during the last week and some of those replays and you have feedback about whether or not they were useful and of value, Let us know, 563-999-3581, and press 1 when you call. Um, Area code 828,
3: you're in the air. Hi, Dr. Tim, this is Magda. Welcome back. Welcome,
2: Magda, thank you. How are you? Um, Happy New Year.
3: Well, happy New Year to you. Thank you. Uh, I'm well. I'm doing very well. And um, I just want to report my response to last week's uh, um, replays. I loved it. I absolutely got so much out of it. And I'm glad you put it into a packet so we can listen again to the whole thing. Um, And Friday, to me, was the most... um, the most moving. So um, oh, I forgot what I was going to say about that. <laughs>
2: Friday's Friday's replay was the most moving?
3: Yes. Yeah. And, oh, the, and that the, was... Go ahead. Go ahead.
2: What was well, so moving?
3: I think the fact that the way you explained everything um, so well and the call... Collins really amplified. It, it was really uh, a full show. And what I got out of the whole week, including Friday, was I'm re-inspired to stick with and go deep. Um, because what I noticed in all of the work that you did, it wasn't just one or two worksheets you went on and on and followed the trail, wherever the trail led you, and you did an abundance of work on each one, because the one turned into many, Um, and so you ended up going very deep, and um, that kind of awareness that being sensitive to what your being, your inner being is telling you, is so important, and having the steadfastness to say, okay, so I'll do at least two more, and then I'll do three more. And whatever it took is what you did. So thank you for re-energizing, helping me to become re-energized by your example. Oh, hold on. Bye. (laughs) Sorry. Okay.
2: Well, I'm... Glad it was useful and that you uh, encountered it that way. I was left um, really, I, I don't really have the words for it, but I was moved by going back through the archives that way. And um, I thought, well, you know, if this strikes people as it did me, it mm-hmm. it pretty much leaves the... Uh, It leaves me with the conclusion that the best use of this show would be rather than rereading way of mastery or uh, course in miracles or a guy Finley book or something probably the best use of the show would be to make sure that I do at least one worksheet each show you know I could invite invite somebody else to do a worksheet but if nobody else does a worksheet then uh, you know if, if if that,
4: mm-hmm.
2: if it landed with other people the way it did with me,
4: mm-hmm.
2: um, the obvious conclusion would be spend more time just doing worksheets.
3: Mhm, mhm, I love it. Yeah, I agree with you.
2: But I don't know. I, think- I don't know how it landed with others. So I'm, I'm grateful for your input.
3: You will hear from others, I'm sure. Um, I'm, I think personally that is a great idea. Uh I I know for myself that often when um, when I have confusion come up, which means of course that something's getting ready to move and it's usually a big time something. However I have a, a difficult time then actually getting the worksheet started. Um, that's that's the level of my confusion. Like, how do I fill out these first three steps? <laughs> so having more examples uh, here on the show would be wonderful. Um, yeah, and and for well, me, I, and, go ahead. For you, what? For me, um, it. I know that I've heard some of those shows before when they actually aired, and. I also realized that I didn't get the same hmm, importance of how very good it is to continue working on the particular presenting problem. Whatever started it is not necessarily where you end up, of course. And to follow the little uh, strings, the little... Uh, pieces of yarn that appear and go okay let's follow this let's follow that and see where it takes you and and because it was a an accumulation of five shows and you exhibited that with each one of the problems that came up for you it it really was impactful for me at least that uh, your example was stick with it and stick with it in depth so that was very important to me and maybe to others also. So I'm complete.
2: All right. Well I um the the only minor correction there is it was a composite of six shows. So there were five
4: um, oh, right
2: four there were four whole shows and then um yeah. you know, there's just so much in those archives. And and the one that where I started talking about it in the morning I got triggered in the morning I started talking about it on the show. And then we had you and a couple other people call, and so I didn't get any, any worksheets done. So then uh, I edited out some of that show and then edited out some of the follow-up show.
3: And I'm so glad uh, you did that because I was, I, I was watching the time as the show was going on. I thought, oh my gosh, he's not going to have time to do a worksheet. Oh my gosh, oh my gosh. <laughs> and so, um, I I was wondering if there would be a report, and I knew this is the last day. This is the fifth day of the week that that you're having the rerun, and and then I realized, oh, look what he did. He he shortened up the show and put the the next uh, the reporting in. That was terrific. That's great.
2: And Michael and Jeannie were gracious enough to let it run over for eight or ten minutes, whatever that yeah. Yeah. was so yeah. so i'm uh, I'm glad it landed well for you, and uh i just i just thought I would mention that it it's as I went through the process of researching those, editing them, and uploading them, I had to listen several times. And um, when I finished, I thought, well, unless somebody's got a better idea, it really is, uh, I think, one of the best uses of, you know, the community time together. Certainly it is one of the great things when we're doing a, a support group, and people have the ability to do a worksheet. And uh, Mm -hmm. we've had people come in and say, you know, they really get more out of, I've actually remember one gentleman said, he is more honest with himself in the worksheets when he does them in the group than he is when he is at home alone. That's just, it blew me away, but he said that was his experience, (laughs) that he he realized he was being more honest when he did worksheets in the group than when he was at home alone
4: mhm so if it strikes well, other good. people
2: the same way that might be one of the best uses of our time instead of rereading the way of mastery or i mean i'm i'm not ruling out rereading the way of mastery or doing the course of miracles again or but i'm saying instead of making that the primary focus Perhaps it would be more beneficial for people to have the primary focus be the worksheets.
3: I would love to have both. If you can figure out a way to make that happen, time wise, you know, to perhaps do I would see doing the inviting a worksheet first, and and then with whatever time might be left over in the hour to go back to. the way of mastery, and, and I prefer the way of mastery to A Course in Miracles myself. So that's my vote. <laughs> yeah.
4: All so right. See
3: what other other people say, and I'm, I'm very much looking forward to hearing from others. All
2: right. Um, I will turn on the microphone for area code 610. Is this Susan?
0: It is, and hi, Magda, please do stay on because I have a comment about an interaction between you and Dr. Tim on one of those replays, and but I'll go back first and just say I totally (laughs) loved them. It was good to know what they were going to be ahead of time. When Michael and Jeannie go away, they say, we're going to have a replay of something, and I often don't listen, I confess, because things are just busy enough that I think, well, I've heard that before, but... I was eager to hear these and I thought they were rich. And I had heard a couple of those shows too, but they were just rich. It was good. At one point, Dr. Tim, you, you on the show where you had been criticized by a fellow therapist, and Magda said, oh, I wanted to, I want to protect you from that. And you started talking to her about, how you you were chopping your pedestal apart to make sure she didn't put you up on a pedestal, and I hadn't sensed that what she was doing had anything to do with a pedestal you were and Magda you may not agree or i don't know you were you were being motherly, you were being loving and uh, I wanted to say, Hey, wait a minute, there's no pedestal here. This is just you're rejecting a perfectly nice outreach of affection here and support. What are you doing, Doctor Tim? <laughs> so I wanted to ask you about that and ask Magda too. Whether how that struck Magda and and what you thought she was doing. That you well, you got on, on her case. <laughs> Susan, you, you're protecting me. <laughs> what? You're protecting me. Thank you,
3: motherly person.
4: <laughs> well,
0: I'm also protecting myself because I have, you know, I'm. When I like somebody, it's pretty obvious, and it's hard for me to hide it. And I'm yeah. nuts about you guys. I'm nuts about you, Doctor Kim. And you told me once. I warned you if I ever saw you in person, you'd have to fend off a big hug. And you made a deal out of that. I really like that I'm that way. And I don't think it's a bad thing. And I thought Magda was being sort of the same way. And so I'd like to hmm. process through that a little bit.
3: Well, I don't remember exactly what I said. I would need to listen to it again. However, when when Dr. Kim said, uh, you know, the thing about the pedestal, I realized I flipped it back, and I think I probably said some things that were pedestal before I said I wanted to protect you, or after I said I wanted to protect you, um, because I had like four points to make in in that conversation, and um, <clears throat> so the, the first of them might have been about protecting, and then I may have gone on to blah, 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 so wonderful. <laughs> I think there was something in there. I I, um, I took it as it was meant, and and I think it was appropriate at the time. I thought it was appropriate, and after listening to it on Friday again, I thought it was appropriate. So um, we should listen to that together. That would be kind of fun.
0: <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah.
4: Well,
2: I, thank, I suppose I
0: should.
2: You, uh, I suppose I should ask Susan for clarification about what what you thought I was saying to Magda.
0: That she was fawning over you, or un, unduly worship worshiping, or putting you on a pedestal. And mm-hmm. you're, you've been good to us. You have given us show after show after show and, you know, way of mastery and course and miracles and all the, and shepherding us through learning how to use the mm-hmm. tools and lots of support with using the tools. I mean, we're not going to just be uh, people who don't have any regard for you or feeling for you after all this, we're going to feel, we love it and we love you and, it's a good thing. And I don't want you to start weaseling that away from me.
4: <laughs> and
0: I don't, I hope I'm not putting you on a pedestal. I, I'm old. I've been around a long time. A lot of people, I've done it when I was much younger, but you know, if you say something that I don't agree with, I feel free to to cross you and and question and, I hope I'm not putting you on a pedestal, and that's well, what I, I feel
4: kind of it, 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 yeah. The,
2: the two aren't mutually exclusive, right? So okay. you know you can you can in one moment put somebody on a pedestal, and in the next moment um, crash it down because you, you're the one mm-hmm. that created it. So you you know whether mm-hmm. you realize it or not, that's uh, and that's that's part of, you know, the, the comments. And if you recall in that exchange, I was jokingly talking about how the pedestal was teetering as though I might fall off the pedestal.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: Anyway, clearly you well, got triggered something. The best thing I can recommend I for you is go do some worksheets on what got triggered.
4: <laughs> All right right rather
2: than you know remember one time you called in and there was this magazine cover you had seen and the world was on fire and and you wanted me to excuse me you wanted me to um say some things to help you feel better yeah and and i just said um the best thing to do is do a worksheet And that would be the same Mm -hmm. thing here. Instead of having me explain what I mean or what I Mm. meant at that time, um, just recognize, okay, well, uh, Susan Bingham got triggered, and let's let's help her sort out what what came up for her when she got triggered.
4: Mm.
2: Now, if that is sorted out and any negative emotions dissipated and or you see the roots of that in you, then you wanted to ask me for clarification of something I said, then the clarification might have a chance to get in. It might be useful.
0: Yeah, I see. Yeah, I can feel a worksheet forming itself already. Yep. (laughs) But but if I were
2: were to say, you know, well, here's what I meant, and you misunderstood, and now we're back and forth in some kind of a debate, which doesn't help anybody.
0: Yeah, that's true. Yep. Okay. I know and 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 the
2: issue already. about, you know, and and the issue about back along the line when you said if you ever saw me in person, you know, you'd be give me a huge hug, you somehow interpreted that in that exchange. You interpreted me saying that I wouldn't want a hug from you. And and none of that was ever coming from me. Mm-hmm. I was trying to help you with the idea that As Einstein says in one of his favorite quotes, one of Michael's favorite quotes from him, if you think you're separate or separated from anyone or anything, you're living in an optical delusion. Mm
4: -hmm.
2: (laughs) And that optical delusion of separateness causes us to create a sense of specialness, a special affection for certain people and things closest to us. And Einstein goes on to say, that creates a prison for us. And the only way to get out of that prison is to extend that affection. It's not that the affection is bad. Please, feel gratitude, feel affection, feel joy, feel bliss. That's wonderful stuff. Feel it, feel it, feel it. But If I feel it for just a few people, and I'm judging others as not as good, and I judge this as bad, and that is right and that is wrong, that judgment piece from the way of mastery creates a prison for me. It creates tightness, tension, contraction, constriction away from the flow of life. So instead of saying, don't feel that lovingly towards me, I welcome people feeling lovingly towards me, and encourage them to extend that feeling to everyone and all of creation, as the quote from Einstein says, the way out of the prison is to extend that special affection to everyone and all of creation. Bravo. And and, and most of the time people say, oh, well, that's impossible, and this and that, and I don't have enough time of the day. And, but we're not talking about something that requires time. We're not mm-hmm. saying you have to do a handwritten note to every one of the 8 billion plus people on the planet. We're simply talking about this ability to generate appreciation in the moment for the life experience I'm having with other people or for the life experience itself. So in that, in that exchange where you said, boy, if I ever saw you, I'd have to and I'd give you a great big hug, you interpreted it, my response as saying I would fend it off. I'm saying I would welcome it and encourage you to extend that kind of feeling towards everyone you meet. Watch the challenge. Meet the challenge with worksheets or EFT tapping or breath work to dismantle it because anything that comes up in me that makes me want to judge someone else negatively or less favorably than my favorite person is my stuff. Because we are all just parts of the Christ mind. We are all just extensions of the one mind, etc. So it's about inclusion as opposed to exclusion.
4: hmm
2: Does that make sense, Susan B.?
0: It didn't. it didn't. It did make sense. And I've got two worksheets already in the works because of that. Both of those. They're very similar, actually. I did the same thing with what you said, what I thought you meant or said to Magda, and that thing about the fending off a hug. That's old, old, old stuff, and it's sitting right in my face now. I can feel it. So thanks. That was good. I also wanted to say, you're offering to do a worksheet X number of days a week yourself as a demonstration, but I think that I just, uh, if I were you, I don't know if I would be sure I had that many triggers to, to process every day of the week, and I wondered if it would be possible to have people sort of primed to do a worksheet on a radio show or invite people to think ahead and you've done this before but it's making a new and more intense pointed intention of the show that people come on the show in order to do some work or to witness some work and of course also keeping up with the way of mastery or whatever else is going on so that It doesn't have to be all one thing or another. It's good of you to offer to be a guinea pig or a model, but it's a lot to ask, too, unless you really are just ready to roll with a lot of issues and worksheets in the wings.
2: Well, Well, remember, one of the lines from The Course in Miracles says, um, the slightest, irritation is connected to the deepest rage
0: (laughs) yeah I think of that I do think of that that is a really scary thought
2: (laughs) what you're saying there is you can generate a lot of fear if you interpret that thought differently
0: Right? Well, I already did that, Doctor Tim.
2: <laughs> yep. Right, but but I'm, I'm I'm trying to help us state it accurately. It is not a scary thought. The scary doesn't come at us from the outside. There's not a boogeyman thought out there. And yet, I can generate a lot of fear if I interpret any particular thought through the fear filter.
0: Right. that's true yep mm.
2: so I'm not quite sure I understand all of your comments about my suggestion or my 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 offering the thought that perhaps it would be a better use of the radio show time to you know, make sure there's a worksheet done every day on the show along with whatever else might happen
0: well, that would did, be great. Have, are, I thought okay. that you were offering yourself as the worksheet doer every day. I Unless think that's what else. will end
2: up happening. I think that's what will oh, end up happening. Okay. I mean, there aren't that many people that call, and there are all kinds mm-hmm. of people that, you know, I I have I don't understand it. I mean, I'm I'm clearly, I've I've turned a corner. I've gone around the bend. I've, I've gone off the deep end. Whatever you want to call it, I don't know, but I don't <laughs> understand people's um, privacy business, all of this. I had somebody from years ago, I took a, a therapy training from a gentleman who's based out in California, and he's kept up a listserv, and for a while I was trying to help him the way I was trying to help Dr. Michael Rice. I even tried to get the two of them connected. I thought, you know, merging the two works would be great. It was not to be. But that listserv has kept going. Well, every once in a while, once or twice a year, he, he refers a patient to me who lives somewhere in the Midwest mm-hmm. because he's based out in California. And so um, within this past year, somebody contacted me because he had um, given, me, given them my name, and they were excited about the possibility of joining the support group. And mm-hmm. so I sent back a thing, here's the information, here's where you look at it. And They sent back a thing absolutely horrified that some of the audios from the Thursday support group were posted on the MindShifters Academy website and never heard from them. Just absolutely horrified.
4: Oh. hmm.
2: And I don't get that. I don't understand the the. So, you know... I do worksheets in the support group. I've done worksheets on the air. I've replayed shows where I've read the worksheets I've done and so I don't understand how people and and as I say that, I guess what what it boils down to is that those people must be operating more completely from the idea that we're all separate. And yeah. that some of us are better than others, and that some of us are enlightened and others aren't, and whatever. I don't. I don't. May, maybe. Maybe they're operating more from a perspective of the world as a dangerous place. But anyway, that. So. So my thought is mm. that if I say, okay, you know, we're gonna we're gonna offer to make sure there's one worksheet done per day on the internet show. My experience is. I'm going to have to be the one doing most of those. Occasionally,
4: yeah.
2: somebody will say, "Okay, I'll do a worksheet," but there, that's more often than not that happens um, in the support group rather than the internet show.
0: More often than what? Which which happens? Do you do them, or somebody else does them?
2: Most of the time, when I offer for people to do uh, a worksheet, because I, mm-hmm. I I talk about it on a regular basis on the internet show, and r- rarely do people say, you know, and, and there are some people that did it. We we went through a, a series of them back in in earlier years, but. Um, Most of the time when that happens, it's on the support group that somebody will say, okay, I'll do a a worksheet. Less often will it happen on on the Internet show.
4: Uh
2: Uh-huh. I mean, um, there's a part of my intro which invites that every day. Right. You know, five days a week I invite people to call in, ask questions, do a worksheet, you Mm -hmm. know, whatever, and... You you've been listening, so you know how infrequent it is that somebody does that.
0: Yeah, I think one of the problems is the radio show. We can't see one another, and we maybe some of us imagine that there are just thousands of people listening in. And you said there we have eleven people on the switchboard, or we have, and I think that is a that's a very different number, and it fe- it doesn't feel public, even though it could be. P- I mean, yes, you're putting them up in the archives. Uh, I, you're right. I well, but, just don't but, think any of my...
2: You don't think any of your what?
0: Any of my issues are all that different probably from other people's issues.
2: Right. And if you didn't think that, if you actually thought my issues aren't any different than anybody else's, you'd be much more willing to do a worksheet. Right. But you right. think your issues are very different, and I have to keep mine private, and I I can't let whatever I I don't know what each individual's reasons are for it. But mm-hmm. so I'm just yeah. I'm putting a feeler out there to see if you know how uh, I I get so little feedback from so few people about you know the show. I'm just trying to here we are we're one lesson away from gone having gone through the entire way of mastery, and I'm looking for what might make this show of the most value to whoever's listening. And as Mm. I redid the shows for last week, it seemed to me to be extremely valuable. The talking about the process, the process itself, reviewing the worksheet, seeing how... Time after time, when life events came at me and I interpreted them a certain way and it resonated in negativity, it was never about that moment. It was always about something that I've been carrying with me for mm-hmm. weeks, months, years, or even decades. Yeah. And my mind wants me to believe it's what that person just did that has me so upset. Or is what mm-hmm. that person didn't say or didn't do.
0: hmm Yeah, it's amazing. And it it's always true. So um
2: So it just kept anyway. coming up to me to say, well, if that's if if it if, if it has the same kind of value for the people who were listening as it did for me, mm-hmm. then mm-hmm. probably the best way to make the these radio shows have even more value is to make sure we do more worksheets on them. Yeah. As a a part of the show.
0: Right. Well, it sounds really good.
2: Okay. Well, that's two people I think it's good. So, well, we'll, (laughs) um, perhaps by the time we uh, get through the way of mastery, we'll consider doing that as part of the format for this year. I um, I don't know, you know, I just don't know. As you say, if you can't see people, you don't know how many are actually listening, unless we get feedback from people like you and Magda, it's just a guessing game, so... so we have a couple other people who are on the call if you have a question or a comment and we did have a hand up earlier that went away i don't know if they were if they got busy and had to go someplace or but the call in number is 563-999-3581 we've got about 18 minutes left um i was looking at the uh the title for lesson 35 of the way of mastery and all it brought up for me was, I'm not sure that any of us are ready for that that last lesson.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> ha- has anybody looked ahead? Do you know what I'm what I'm referring to?
0: I don't. I read the whole of way of mastery, but I couldn't tell you. I haven't haven't been looking ahead. I've been sticking right with where you are. Maybe we need to find out what's in there.
2: Well, the uh, the title of the last lesson is Living as a Sovereign Master. And when I read that, I thought, I'm not sure anybody who's listening to this show is ready for that. (laughs) (laughs) Probably not. Maybe we to go back to Lesson 1. Lesson 1 and start again. I was listening back to the first two pages of Lesson 3. Which we talked about on two different shows earlier, and um, oh,
4: can that really happen?
2: I have the uh, idea that there's so much. I mean, it's basically a, a, a lifestyle that people can can bring out of watching, or reading, or listening. To the way of mastery, and yet uh there's this Western mind framework that wants to say, "Okay, let's keep reading, let's push on, let's see what they have here when you know, as we've talked about, some of us have difficulty even doing the simple five minute a day exercise, so So how, how was your, your, your week of, of life and celebration? Did anybody do anything exciting around the Christmas holiday or the New Year's holiday, either you or Magda? Can
0: you hear me? Magda? Can you hear me? Yes. Oh,
3: wonderful. Um, I'd like to make a comment though before answering that no i didn't <laughs> that's the basic for, for me we just had a pleasant time together quiet and got together with friends and it was lovely um, but i want to go back to um, what you were your question was around people being afraid to share <clears throat> and that's what i'm experiencing um, uh, as i listen i think it's fear of sharing because of that word called vulnerability. And, and if people are not aware, as many of us aren't at many times in our lives, that we are, in fact, always safe, that we are never vulnerable, then there is the, that, that fear of, ah, oh, if people know this about me, they won't like me. I mean, that goes to the very deepest, um, horrible ways that we we scare ourselves. If people know this, they, they'll go away. They won't like me. They'll hate me. They'll be mean to me, all of that stuff. Um, so I I see that many people might be afraid to share because we know that when we get into the worksheet, sometimes we get to places we didn't expect to, and we... Reveal things that are much more intimate than we had expected to and, oh, my goodness, you know, what will people think of me, all that jazz. And, and so I'm wondering if, if you were to give people permission to always use an alias when they are doing a worksheet to use a different name, although I know many people could detect Student's voice or my voice. There are other folks who wouldn't because they don't know it. <clears throat>
2: well, and, the, um, the other side of that, the other side of it, Magda, is that I I can say it more often. I used to say it quite often in the past. I would tell people, just breathe and soften and go through this, and then sh- let us know whatever you want to let us know. You don't have to let us know what came up for you in order for the worksheet to be beneficial for you so you can get steps through the worksheet process and you can get an insight and then just keep it to yourself write it down in your own notebook and then process it later Mm -hmm. so if i were to do that if we were to to shift the focus and make sure that there's a a stronger emphasis on trying to get at least one worksheet done per show um Mm -hmm. that that's another thing that can happen that might encourage some people but I I think that's just a part of it. I don't know what all the all what all the other issues might be, but it's yeah. been a lot of years oh. now, right? It's been it's going to be it's fully 19 years of doing the uh Tuesday support group.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: And um you know, going into our 20th. So it's it's not li- like we've only done it for a few weeks and people aren't raising their hands. It's like this has been a long time. This is our, you know, we're, we're mm-hmm. finishing up this month, we're finishing up our 12th year of the Internet show.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: So it's a pretty strong pattern.
3: Well, could be I'm we sure still... there will
2: be a lot of different factors.
3: I think so, too. And, and I'm only aware of one that I'm thinking of, and that's embarrassment or feeling of threat because the world is dangerous and, and things like that. Um, so could we step back a little to, um, the fear might not be about what I might reveal during the worksheet, but just the fact that I'm revealing, I have a problem and I'm embarrassed by the problem it is that I got so triggered by this thing that, you know, step one, step two, What was, is it triggered me. And, and so that in itself could be an embarrassment for many people. Okay,
2: is is that, that, is that an issue you've run across for yourself?
3: I think it is. Um, Yeah, I think it is. And, and, and I, I don't remember exactly when or what the subject was. What I do remember is that I thought, well, maybe I'll call, you know, Michael or Dr. Jim. Uh, You know, this is kind of personal. I'm not sure I want to do this on the air. And then a few days later, I'm listening to the show and realizing, oh, man, it's still a problem. I haven't done anything about it. And. You know, so eventually there have been times when I've initially rejected the idea and then later caved into my own personal inner demand to do something, you know, get some help here because you don't, you're, That that has to do with the confusion about I'm not even sure where to start. And so there have been times when I've called and said, Okay, I've got something going on and I don't know how to start a worksheet and this is what's going on and, and boy, bingo, you or Michael are able to say, oh yeah, well, let's do this. If you, if you just start with that way, let's see what happens. And it's so, cl- it's always so clear when it's not one's own problem. And when I've helped other people do worksheets, I found that like, oh yeah, I can see what, what's going on with you.
4: But when well, we're in the you- middle of,
2: Did you listen to the the replay where confusion came up, and I had gotten the insight that (laughs) as I kept doing the worksheets on confusion, I realized that pretty much every time in my past when confusion came up, I was basically using it to avoid acting on what my higher guidance told me was the right thing to do because I didn't want to see it that way I didn't want to have to make a choice or end a relationship or stay in a relationship or whatever
3: yep, yeah, I heard that one, and right on confusion is another way of distracting ourselves from actually doing what really needs to be done yeah, good and one.
2: the other <laughs> thing about confusion if people are trying to do a worksheet and and their emotion is confusion, I usually just, when I have that come up, my thought is, I can't figure this thing out. I don't understand why they would do this. I don't understand how this could happen.
4: Yeah, That's the thought figure.
2: in 1D that causes the emotion of confusion. And then my goal mm-hmm. is always just, I want to figure it out. Yes, I yes. want to understand. And if, I, if even if I don't get any more specific than that, when I put that on the worksheet, it ends up being a benefit.
3: Yes. Yeah, I hadn't thought about that at all. The desire to figure it out. Yeah. Thank you. Good. Very good one.
0: I liked also, Dr. Tim, when you... Did a worksheet and it reminded you of something that appeared to be totally unrelated, but you just, you didn't abandon it. You just let it sit there in limbo and trusted the process. That is a huge thing and that may be one of the resistances on doing worksheets. I know with Tim Bingham, he says he, he doesn't really trust the process. I do them with him. When he needs to do a worksheet now. Um, but he's working with somebody else a very different way. But um, I did the other day. I was feeling no energy, anxious, depressed, didn't know. I had nothing particularly on my mind. Nothing had happened had down. Did two worksheets. Didn't think I had gotten anywhere and felt better and then did another worksheet and, and found out what was going on. It's, it's almost like hand over hand in the dark or, um, but the process, I do trust the process and maybe that needs to be emphasized.
4: Mm-hmm. And
0: okay. that was demonstrated this week with your work because you went and poked a hole here and poked a hole there and, then suddenly something began to move and there were results. But it wasn't a big immediate flash in the pan sometimes.
2: Yeah, often it's not, especially when I'm busy hiding it from myself and I've I've (laughs) been hiding it for for years or decades. I can make it very difficult for it to come to Mm -hmm. the surface. But but what I've talked about for years now is if I can take an action – And line my words up with my actions. Line my actions up with my words. I say I want to understand this. But if I say I want to understand it, I never do a worksheet. My actions are saying it's okay if it stays hidden.
4: Mm -hmm. But if I
2: say I want to understand this and I make the time to pull out a worksheet and go through it, my actions are saying the same thing as my words. I want to Mm -hmm. understand this. So it's sending a message. That fearful part of my own mind, literally the fearful part of my mind that's hiding this from me, that's creating my unconscious, is getting the actions that match the words when I pick up a worksheet.
3: Excellent point.
2: And the more I mm-hmm. do that, the more likely my fearful the the fearful part of my mind is to get the message Tim's okay with this, okay it's I can let it come through because often when as you review those you know five shows from last week where I replayed all the things where I was doing the worksheets, often it would go places where I would go unconscious or I would not know how it was related or I would you know mm-hmm. i I went blank or I felt like I was falling asleep it was right. only when I would hit that wall and then keep doing worksheets that I would eventually stumble across something that made sense.
4: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: And, and there was one where Susan Bingham was saying last week, you know, you know m- my worksheet, Dr. Tim, was so, so relevant. Yours didn't seem to be so relevant. Well, the point is that I flashed back to a time when I was 14 or 15 years old and I was lying about the BB gun situation well my goal for the person in my life that time four years ago or whatever it is now my goal was for them to tell the truth and my mind was telling me I'm so upset because they aren't telling the truth my mind was telling me how could they not admit the truth it's on the recording it's been recorded It's, It's 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 a fact it's proven my mind was telling me I was upset because they wouldn't acknowledge what was obvious. And when I canceled that goal and asked to be shown, I was shown an incident when I was 14 years old where I was caught dead to rights and I would not admit what was obvious. And when I saw that and had compassion for myself and kept doing some other worksheets and found out the real Deep, deeper fear I had at 14. When I saw that, I ended up having compassion for myself as a 14-year-old. And when I came forward to the current time, four years ago, dealing with another adult in my life, I just had compassion for them. And I thought, oh, wow, they must be really up against it.
4: They mm-hmm. must be really
2: afraid of something. They must be terrified of this or that. And it dismantled my emotional upset.
4: Mm-hmm. Which,
2: again, is wonderful in in life demonstration that my emotional upset is created inside of me because that person to this day has never admitted well what I wanted them to admit way back when mm -hmm. and yet my upset is gone it got dismantled because I found the roots of it within me Mm
4: mm-hmm can you hear me now?
2: Go ahead, Magda.
3: I know Michael Rice often says that willingness is the the grease that makes it
2: Cosmic, go. cosmic
3: grease, yes. Yeah. <laughs> and I, what I got from last week and from what you were just saying is persistence is what makes us makes it go deeper. Persistence. That's. That's the big word for me now. Um, you know, sticking, at, sticking with it even when it doesn't make sense, following those little threads and, and finding out where it takes us. Because we have hidden, we do want to hide and continue to hide all of that stuff that we didn't want to admit uh, was part of us way back so persistence, thank you for that.
2: Yep. Well, and again, just so people know, the uh, the replays of last week are available on MindShiftersAcademy.org website on the page that says Best of Audio Files. And it's mm-hmm. five separate or six separate files where I was presenting my own worksheets and processing that I had done. And I realize that we've gone the full hour, so thank you for your comments and questions. And I look forward to um, spending the rest of the year with you working out what we end up doing with that. I will remind us all that we come from love. We're made of the stuff we call love. We actually are love, and everything else is false. Welcome, Jeannie Rice.
1: Thank you, Dr. Tim. Welcome back.
2: Thank you. Thank you. It's good to be back. Happy New Year.
1: Thank you, and you too.
2: Have a wonderful show.
1: Thanks. So welcome everybody to the second hour of Mind Shifters Radio, and today is Monday, January the 2nd, 2023. We are in a new year, and our calling number is 563-999-3581. And press one, and that puts you into Q to talk to us. We'd love to hear your comments and questions because that makes this your show. I told Michael I was going to read something that I actually posted on uh, my Facebook page, and after I wrote it and posted it, it was kind of comical. But anyway, it's it shows it's definitely the how time really doesn't matter. Uh, I wrote, well, it's before midnight. I'm getting happy new year texts from family and friends in different time zones. It's funny. I'm still in your yesterday. You're already in my tomorrow. And yet here we are, all present in our own today. May you be blessed and may 2023 be awesome. Love to everyone. So, you know, it's it's kind of funny. It's, you know, it depends on what time zone you're in when it's the new year or when it's not or <laughs> anyway. It does come in handy to have a time Uh, You know, if you're going to meet someone, to be able to have a a frame of reference to say we're going to meet at this time. But then, you know, it's all kind of folds in on itself. So anyway, hope everybody is starting off their new year well. Um, We have added, there was a interview that Michael had with a lady. I can't pronounce her last name, Shereen Ardekanu or something like that. Anyway, she ran For the presidency in 2020 and she's thinking of running in for 2024 and it's she calls it healer in chief so uh you know she's definitely would be a big step up if she were able to uh, get enough support and get there but anyway that youtube video that she sent us uh, is now i put it in the notes for today but it's also on our youtube channel And we are just a few people shy on the YouTube channel. We need 1,000 people to uh, be able to monetize through YouTube. And we're we're just a few people short of that. So if you haven't clicked to subscribe, um, go to whyagain.org, and then uh, you can click on the link. Actually, Susan um, Giles changed a few things in the top where you can see Facebook and Vimeo and then the YouTube channel. You click that, and it'll take you straight there, and then you can subscribe. She also put a button up there for iHeartRadio, because you can access all of our uh, archived radio shows, not just the last 300. Now, a lot of podcasts only go back about 300. So you can get all of them all the way back to January 31st, 2011. Uh, so we're going into our 12th year soon, and you can get all of those on iHeartRadio. So she's added a button at the top, and then also there's the regular RSV feed. And then if you have been shopping in our cart, there's also a little icon up at the top that will show you whether you've got something in your cart or not. So those are new little things that are on our website. Then also if you look, you know, there's six main buttons. Um, First of all, let me say, if you haven't looked at it yet, if you click start here, the first two things that are on that page now, one is a guide to help you navigate everything that's on the website just about and the other is how to navigate through the app. But uh, when you first click on whyagain.org, there are six big main buttons, and those are the places where most people go, so we kind of put them prominent. And whether you paid attention to it or not, before it always said the why book available in eight languages. It now says nine languages, because we were able to get the um, Swedish version electronically and so we now have where always before it was just the hardback copy we now can have the Swedish version on the website as well as the Swedish uh, worksheets so those are some new things that are out there on our website and uh, if you will uh, go out and just look around you'll see a whole bunch of new things um, Michael still hasn't dialed in. We're having trouble with the chat room today, so if you're on another website or, or if you were trying to access the radio show via the Internet, the chat room, I've sent him a message early this morning and have not heard back from them yet, but uh, there is a some kind of a glitch going on in the chat room and it gives a 404 server error message, so... Hopefully, they'll get that worked out, but if you were attempting to get into the chat room, hopefully, you can still hear us on the internet, and you can dial in um, and press one and let us know what's going on. We hope to hear from you all. Hope you're starting out your new year well, and I see Michael's on now, so I'm going to say welcome, Michael.
5: Thank you, dear heart. I had to find my mute button. Screen's changed on my phone. <laughs> anyway, welcome, everybody. Happy New Year. Hope it's an awesome one. I liked Jeannie's little story there about uh, who's in whose time zone. And it brings to mind a really important point about perception, about the the constructs of our mind and the world that we see through our minds. And that is that there are an innumerable number of fantasies that are useful. Like time, you know. I mean, it's something we made up. That's why I can be 10 inches on this side of a line and it's only 1 o'clock in the afternoon. And on the other side of the line, 10 minutes on the other side of the line, it's... 2 o'clock in the afternoon. It's like, well, how can that be? We're 20 minutes apart. So it's a fantasy. It's useful. But there's another category of fantasies that literally threatens to destroy us. And that is fantasies that keep us in ignorance and doing behaviors that have a potential for huge amounts of destruction. You know, we, we're we this modern world and we think we know so much. We're really not that far away from the knuckle-walking apes. And I was doing some research on a science project this morning, and, and uh, one of the things that they pointed out is that the the best of the scientists tell us that ninety, a full 95% of the universe we know nothing about. You know, you've probably heard of dark matter and dark energy. What does dark matter and dark energy mean? Basically, it's a scientist saying, we don't have a clue. We don't know what's in there. <laughs> we don't know what it is, we just know that it is. And The fantasies that we... So so that's a fantasy that can leave us in a lot of difficulty thinking we know when we don't have a clue. But other fantasies. Fantasies based in something other than human life, based in hostility and fear that the mind generates pictures out of that has us believe something that simply isn't true. Like, if you've ever said they make me mad, he hurt me, she really deserved me, they upset me. That's all based on pure, pure fantasy. Fantasy being something that in the actuality is not true, but in the constructs of our mind, what in the ancient teachings was called the mind of man the mind makes it up like it really is true. Now, believing that we know so much when we really know so little, like 95% of the universe, we don't have a clue what's even there. What are the fantasies do we engage in? Like, for instance, we've announced and invited all of our listeners to join us for a New Year's Eve party on December 31st in the year 4949. So our invitation is that you put that on your calendar today and plan to join us. However, if you think about getting to Heartland in 4949, so about 3,000 years, if we continue to work on some of the fantasies that we're currently working on, like for instance, money's more important than the earth. you know the physicists, the geologists tell us that oh, well, there's a range of of understanding, but maybe we've got a hundred, perhaps two hundred probably outside 300 years to keep bumping this thing out of the uh, the ground that keeps us moving around the surface of the earth in these things called cars and trucks, trains and boats. Gee, are we going to get to 4949 if we keep working on the fantasy that that's going to go on forever? And the pollution it creates? You know, politicians and industry are still arguing about global warming. There are no scientists arguing about global warming. Been sown in people's mind that it's a fantasy. But you don't have to look very far to know that on the 2nd of January for it to be, I'm not sure what the temperature is today, but tomorrow here in Bristol, Virginia, it's going to be 68 degrees they're predicting you got to know that that's just not right. <laughs> just not on track. And so if we continue in the fantasy that we can keep pumping that stuff out of the earth and heat our homes and run our automobiles and our trucks and our trains and our boats and our buses... Are we going to get to 49-49 to have that party? There's a certain category of people who think that the earth is theirs to consume. That no cooperation with nature is needed. Like for instance, we talked the other day about the fact that we're starting a, uh, a national park here on our property. And in that national park, we're going to begin to grow plants that will support as many of the 500 different species of bees as there are in this country. Because without bees, our food supply collapses. Without moths, our food supply collapses because they pollinate the food that we have. So there's a fantasy that we can keep you know, going to the local box store or to the local arborist and buy the Japanese maple and the Chinese whatever and the European this and the European that plants that do nothing whatsoever to support the insect life that supports the whole structure of the planet in terms of its food supply. Pollinates trees and plants and fruits and vegetables. We can't keep living in that fantasy. We need to wake up to what's going on. And though we're limited in our knowledge, we need to start checking out what of our knowledge is actually true. And there's so much of it that is fantastical. And To believe that we can keep certain people in multi-billions of dollars while other people starve and we consume all of the resources of the earth is a fantasy that could kill us. And that the only mind that can comprehend. You know, there there are two categories of mind. There's one that says, I'm going to consume. I will support all the profit that the world can make, especially if I'm the one who's making the profit or getting a cut of it. And to heck with the rest of the world. It's exclusionary. It supports... I'm looking for the word to use. It supports... uh, inequity, and insanity. And ultimately, what we're building here, what we're working to build, is an understanding that takes us outside of our fantastical world and through forgiveness puts us in touch with the actual world. That there is a mind in each of us that can comprehend the deeper mysteries of the world even though we may not understand them, and can be guided to work in harmony with them so that our fantasies don't kill us. And so as we develop that understanding, as we develop that teaching, then our next level is to make it available to enough people that we can shift into a deeper understanding of what it's going to take to carry us successfully and our children and our grandchildren and their children into a world of abundance and aliveness and joy rather than some of the outcomes based in fantasy that are surely coming down the pike. And, you know, one of the Beatitudes... You wouldn't know it from the way the Greeks translate it, but one of the Beatitudes speaks about just and fair behavior between men. The selfishness and self-centeredness of those who would like to own the resources resources of the world and meter it out to somebody else for money. And we say that's got to be a fantasy It doesn't work. And as one does the work of forgiveness, one moves out from the self-centered space. You know, Einstein says this on such, pardon me, different quote. He, he talks about, if you think you're separate or separated from the rest of humanity, you're living in an optical delusion. If you think you aren't connected to the suffering peasant in, name the country in the world where it's happening, Ukraine or wherever if you think you're not connected to them you're living in a fantasy according to Einstein Now, you might know better than Einstein I sort of defer to him because I think he understood what you're talking about but if we exclude the just and fair behavior between we humans if we exclude anyone from that and that is the seeds of our own destruction. And so working toward a mind that functions out of a connection to active, present love and has access to actuality compared to reality, reality being the output of the mind, actuality being what's going on, actually going on in the world. You know, there's that Harvard research we talked about that says that... In the time frame where 10,000 brain cells are firing, the maximum amount of data that goes into conscious awareness is 9 bits. It's been estimated in that same time frame, there are perhaps as many as 20 trillion bits of data available in the actuality. So if that's accurate, we know the 9 bits compared to 10,000 is accurate. The other is just a, a, a guess, an educated guess. But if we live in a... If the actuality, the dark matter world included, is 20 trillion bits, and there are 10,000 measurable units of electrical activity happening in our brain, 10,000 bits of data firing, and we get to function out of nine bits and the fantasies created by that nine-bit mind, I think we're in big trouble. And so to make a a teaching available that takes the blinders off and allows a space for perception based in truth, based in fact, based in actuality, and having a mind that strongest inclination is toward just and fair behavior, then I think we've got a shot. At all being at that party in forty nine forty nine, and so we're here with that invitation. We're here with the tools. One of the things that has to happen if if what I'm making makes sense, one of the things that has to happen is that more than a few thousand people need to know about be aware of can be able to achieve a state of mind that allows us in mass to access that. It's part of why basically every show we ask you to share what you're learning here with others even though some people are caught up in some of the fantastical things that men believe. I'm going to tell you you're nuts to think that we're designed to be to, to function based in active present love. There's going to be people who tell you you're nuts. They're the ones who are exclusionary. They're the ones who don't care about the violence, uh, financial, physical, mental, emotional violence they do to others. Whatever it takes to exclude them. And to think that. to live in a fantasy that, well, if this one special group of people survive and thrive and do well, it doesn't matter what happens to the rest of the world, is one of the most insane insanities that exists. So I just wanted to give you a taste of where the the thinking is going with this work and invite you to consider how, if it makes sense, you can be part of the support that... Takes this wider and wider field. You know, when we finish this show, there's going to be a link in the in our on our website. If you go to whyagain.org, w-h-y org. Why there's a picture of a microphone. Click on the microphone, drill down, and you can download today's show or yesterday's or last week's or last month's or last year's or two years ago, three years ago, five, ten, eleven years ago. Getting ready to go into our twelfth year at the end of this month. And you can pass that topic along to someone else.
4: Just you know,
5: free, easy. You can go in, grab a link to it, or download it, and shoot it off to someone else. If there are shows that are particularly meaningful, our request is, pass it along, make it available. What we're ultimately envisioning is that this level of understanding will become available literally to every mind, heart, and being on the planet. And at that point is the point when we start to realize our goodness, though individuals were connected, and we start to function out of that just and fair mind. in order to eradicate the dangerous fantasies that we assume or function out of that are just silly and destructive to the whole potential of humanity. So as the new year opens and we start to think about, gee... That party is just a little less than 3,000 years away. Have you put it on your calendar yet? We want you to be there. By that time, I expect that Heartland, instead of being 17 acres, will be... There's a peninsula there that Heartland's on, and it goes out into the lake. That That peninsula will all be people of like mind. As we move this teaching forward and more and more people choose to intensify and deepen their study and their work with the tools. Actually, I should drop the word study because it really isn't about studying. It is about building brain cells but then utilizing the tools. Yeah. You know, our, our app is about using forgiveness. and One of the things to recognize is that language will never take us to the truth will never deliver the truth to us or deliver us to the truth all the words I can say you're never going to hear the truth out of my mouth you're never going to go back to a book even if it's that precious book that tells us you know oh it's got it all you are never gonna find a book that through words can give you the truth it can either take you to truth or deliver truth to you but what you can do with words Is you can hand people a set of tools with which they can come into contact with, direct contact with, with which they can bypass the fantasies, the hostile, fearful, grief-stricken fantasies in their minds and come to a a direct relationship with truth. But it will come via experience, not via words. And we tend to give words a power that words don't have. Oh, tell me the truth, Michael. Michael's never going to tell you the truth. If Yeshua himself showed up, he'd say, I can't tell you the truth with words. But he would say, I can give you a set of tools with which you can come into direct relationship with the truth. Words are just containers. They don't carry truth. They carry meanings. but they can't give you the direct experience. Only the act of collapsing the fantasies of the mind, which is called forgiveness, the act of forgiveness, can deliver to you a direct experience. And at first, it's usually just like a, a flash, you know, maybe a fraction of a second. But as you use the tools, the space of connectedness and the presence of love in your physiology becomes broader and broader and wider and wider. And that's what we're here to support. So there are my thoughts heading into the new year, and we're delighted that you're here to be part of the conversation and part of the process. Ms. Jeannie, do we have anybody in the phone queue with a hand up or anything happening in the chat room?
1: We do. and uh, Well, the chat room is broke today, (laughs) so uh, hopefully they'll work on it. I sent them a, a note early this morning that it was given a server error but uh, so it's not working. However, we do have a hand up, and I just wanted to add that another change that has happened on the website is that under Healing, there is now a page called Healing from the Ground Up, and it has a, a article with a lot of links that Michael has put in there. And then we also have a page called Homegrown Park, where we will be including, you know, what we have learned and what we're doing, and it's got links in there where you can look up. Homegrown dot org. You can also look up backyardhabitats dot org and um welcoming the birds and the beneficial insects and the butterflies and things like that. So um we're putting all that out on the website as well, so you can pick that up. And we do have a hand up and it is Miss awesome. Carrie eight four seven, you're on the air. Hi.
3: Oh, hi, good morning, Michael and Jeannie. So so glad to be here. Oh well, good morning, young lady. How are you this morning? Yeah, it's the beginning of a new year and I'm so glad to be here. Um, yay. I, I I really love what you were talking about and um I starting with the the climate change comments that you were making and then going on to um you know, how how do we shift and change our whole perspective and one of the things that was really important to me Um, because I work in natural resources protection and restoration and recreation ecosystems was getting in touch with a whole different level. And I did that through getting in touch with my grief over what was happening to the world through a workshop that Joanna Macy did. Some of you might be familiar with her. And when I first was sitting in the workshop, I was like, oh, for God's sake, people, come on, get a grip, you know. <laughs> I was in the old patriarchal paradigm um, and um of separation. And as I sat and I said, you know, you're going to go through this and just be receptive. And so I did. I opened my, as my heart opened. And what I realized was that I had this overwhelming grief of what was happening uh, to our planet. And I allowed that grief uh, to be present and I sat with that grief in recognition. And then I went deeper and took a look at my responsibility in that because the grief, that emotion that I was allowing myself to feel so deeply, coming out in sobs, really. Um, after that, it settled down and I sat with it for a while. I I went deeper and, and it was like, so all of this is part of the separation, right? It, as you were saying. And <clears throat> this myth also of the separation, because there is no separation. But As I sat with it, I recognized um, the grief of my own patient. And one of the things that your work offers is a chance to look differently because when when we think we want to do some actions in the world, to correct something that doesn't sit right with us uh, or, and to correct ourselves and our habits and the way we think and the way we act in the world, we're still acting in that fantastical paradigm, within that fantastical paradigm, whether it's time, as you were talking about, whether it's culture, whether it's institutions, and all of those things. Um, so, sitting with your tools and being able to access the truth, the truth of the reactions that I'm having through grief or anger or whatever it is, and also the truth power. And one of the things that I recognized, well, I recognize many things going through your processes is that this is not something that I can do alone. I've always had this thing, oh, yeah, um, I have to prove myself in the world. I have to do all this. And that's a whole part of the fantasy, right, That that's created. And that this work has to be done in community. So I'm so grateful for um, your realization of that and... Um, I'm also reaching out to others because as you were talking about food systems and how our food, for example, has become bereft of not just nutrients but of energy. Uh, And I know people are going to think I'm crazy for this, but there are other things that we can't see. We think we know it all, but there are other forces in nature that uh, work to uh, work in co-creation that can work in co-creation with us if we allow that to bring that whole energy back into plants and into our food systems and into our natural areas that are being so degraded by invasive species and climate change and other pests and diseases.
0: So <clears throat> this is
3: this is a bigger thing. This is a huge thing, Michael, that you're doing, a huge awareness that you and Jeannie are working on. And it's um I am currently in a place now where I'm getting ready to retire very soon and I've been trying I'm in this gap of of where where my work is next. And right. I'm feeling that there's the next a level of your purpose. Out, right. Exactly, and there's a level of alchemy that's going on within me um, of all the learning and the absorption and all of my experiences that's going to be translated into something else and i one thing I do know is that it's going to involve community uh, it's going to involve teaching, uh, and it's going to involve people actually willing. To go deeper and work on themselves i I have worked with people who they they want transformation in their lives, and they're not yet willing, not yet willing to do the work that it takes. So there is work to do it's It can be easy and joyful if we have that mindset around it. We don't have to think of it as hard. It's just life purpose work. And I see the joy that can come out of that and freedom that can come out of that. Where my work is going to be, it's going to be working with the nature spirits to bring energy back into our natural world and into nature and into the form that we've created here. And... Um, whether that's through our food systems, whether that's through our human healing systems. And it all starts, for me, it all starts on the level of mind.
5: Well, I'm with you 200% on that. In fact, if you go to the opening words in the book of John where they tell us it says in the beginning was the word and the word became flesh, it's not what it says at all. What it says is in the beginning was the mind energy and the mind energy became flesh. That literally what we bring into our physiology in mind literally becomes the chemistry of our structures and of the world. So I'm with you 200% on that one. And, you know, one of the other insights that, for me, you know, you mentioned the food and what people are eating, it's that with the the fact that since we moved here to Bristol, we've been doing a lot of gardening, something I've never done in my life and am really enjoying. And what's become clear to me is that you can't grow food on dirt. And our whole commercial food industry is trying to grow food on dirt. And so they have to flood it with chemicals and artificial this and artificial that to try to make it look like food. When the truth is, it's not even food. Most of what people buy in a grocery store is not really related to food because dirt is dead and you can't get life from dirt and food is supposed to be alive. You have to grow food in soil. And, you know, the world doesn't living, make a distinction. Living. Oh, well, there's a handful of dirt. Same thing. It's not the same thing.
4: <laughs> and, yeah.
5: uh, and it's been kind of a natural progression. And thank you for your support in, uh, encouraging us and, and helping to fund us and in getting into the soil course that we did. That's just expanded our understanding on another level. And, and that's part of what led us to, uh, the work. I think I sent you a link to Talamy's video on crea- his his project of creating homegrown national parks, and that uh, you know we actually uh, are getting ready to go out and get a trailer and get some lumber to take a square off of our lawn. It's going to be about oh 100 feet by 20 feet or so to start with, and uh, start putting some, getting the uh, the clay and the inch or so of dirt that exists on top of it turned into soil and planting some native species so that these native insects have a place to feed and reproduce. I, did, I had no idea that, that the reproduction of so many of the pollinators depends on just one single plant that they can't reproduce otherwise. And just how the the whole system, we talked a little bit about this yesterday, about the whole system has been commercialized. You know, you take all the the native plants here and you call them weeds and you export them to Europe and they pay a fortune to, to buy them, oh, you know, these plants from America and plant them and, and then you take what's in Europe and you call them weeds to the Europeans and you bring them here or from Africa or China or wherever and you, you bring them here and you call them exotics and you sell them to people for a fortune. It's all about making a buck. And so, you know, it's, it's like the, that's been a whole new awareness. It's dawned on me with, uh, with the study of soil and food and, recognizing that, and that we need to wake up to, uh, to the fantasies that literally can destroy us, whether they're from hostility and fear right on through to the way we handle the earth. And I just sent uh, you a chart.
3: Oh, go ahead. Oh, okay. Oh, well, the next step for me is co-creation, not thinking mm-hmm. that I'm just doing this for the earth. Right. Right. But that our whole series of nature divas and nature spirits that work with the energies of the earth so that we can create the form of the carrot through the seed. Seed can create the form, but it can't bring the energetics of carrot. That's that's the co creation with all of these other energies that are swirling around with us. And I I am learning this. I have I started out by thinking, oh my gosh, when I'm going to do a restoration on a preserve that I, this group that I work for, this not-for-profit, I'm going out there and I'm cutting and destroying and burning, flashing and burning uh, invasive species, invasive trees that take over and destroy the soil chemistry um, that um, provide no food that any of our birds or animals like that. Uh, but each of those plants in itself has a conscious awareness. And if I just go in and slash and burn, so I'm, I, I'm not honoring their conscious
4: awareness. Right.
3: So right. even though I'm going in and then and reseeding and encouraging the native seed bank, to flourish, to bring balance back, I'm not doing it in co-creation with anything. I'm just going out there in the old patriarchal um, sort of paradigm of I can do this myself and just go out there with no thought about all of those invisible things. So I'm in a sense still working in my fantasy until I come to true co-creation, I if I was in true co-cre- co-creation with the nature energies, sit on that prairie that's been invaded by invasive species, and I could co-create on the level of mind. And that is something that's blowing me away big time. And... Um, honoring, truly honoring all of those spirits. So I I am having my mind opened in a whole new way that us living in our current, like what I was saying, when you're trying to do something new, but you're always working within a culture a way of thinking um, a, a whole systems that are set up to support that way of thinking that i I need to find that community of people that I can work with, and you know I think this this new way that you and Jeannie are moving forward in your thinking is is absolutely exciting and really, really meaningful to me at least. Sweet. Yeah, and how do we do that, co creation? How do we do that? What's what's the next step? Well, it's
5: interesting. The Course in Miracles talks about the fact that there is one and only one single-edged sword, one thing that you can use that cannot be turned against you, and it's forgiveness. And it's Mm -hmm. removing from this whole genetic history of perception and constructs based in that perception for instance, my mind says to me, as, as you said when you came on, you know, I have this grief about how I've participated in what's going on in the world. And my offering is that the grief that ultimately needs to be resolved isn't grief that you've got for what's going on in the world or your part in doing it but rather is just grief, you know. The, 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 one of the reasons I'm, I'm starting to realize, one of the reasons that the perceptual mind exists is to make up stories for why things are the way they are.
4: Mm, like, yeah. I'm, okay. I'm
5: angry because of what you did, you know, what I started out with, the okay. fantasies. I, you made me afraid. And, and so if fear comes up in me, and I live in the world mind. My mind makes it up that, well, what you said is what frightened me. It's, you've done that. And, I, and I'm now in a whole fantasy that I can't resolve within that fantasy. You know, like Einstein also, said, you can't resolve a problem with the mind that created it. And my offering also, is that – go ahead.
3: So are you saying – I think what you're saying is that my fantasy now is that I created it for blaming myself. I was part yes. of the creation of that. So that I'm going into self-blame uh, rather than um, just the forgiveness.
5: Yeah, and that's always a reflection of a power person dynamic.
4: Mm-hmm. So
5: if, if I'm angry, I'm not angry because I'm angry because there's anger in me. If I'm sad, I'm sad because there's sadness in me. You know, whatever it is, I'm experiencing it because it's in me and my mind will make it up that it's the fault of a thousand different things. And that keeps me from truly accessing and healing what's underneath it because you can bet that the kind of grief that you've accessed as you watch, what, as you become acquainted with what's happening in the the natural world that you're working in, you can bet that that grief didn't start with you. It can end with you. But it didn't start with you. I bet if we went back and were able to have a conversation with mom and dad, grandma and grandpa and great-grandma and great-grandpa and great-great-great-great-great, the grief that each one would have, they would explain with the circumstance that's going on in their lives. But in fact, the grief isn't a result of the circumstance going on in their lives. It's a result of the fact that there's grief in them. There's the mind energy of grief.
4: Mm Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm.
5: and there's where I see the genius of Yeshua coming in saying now here's what you have to do in every circumstance you have to collapse the construct of your mind that's making this story up about I am this way because of this if to collapse that and when you do the thing that drives that whole process is goals you'll notice that you know until you became aware of a goal for let's say the prairie There was no particular feeling one way or other about the prairie. You went and looked and went, oh, that's pretty, or that's Mm -hmm. ugly, or whatever it is. But as you became aware and had some goals around it, notice that when you clicked into the right goal that accessed your grief, then your mind generated a picture that said, I've got grief because of this.
4: Mm -hmm, mm
5: -hmm. And to me, Yeshua, Mm -hmm. having the genius to say, Goals drive the mind to create false constructs, fantasies that keep us out of the real healing place. And when we, in the core, you know, for years I taught for a century, you know, his Aramaic forgiveness and never understood why and how it works, but now what I'm realizing more and more is that I cancel a goal, not because there's anything wrong with the goal, but because when I load it into my mind, it accesses my generational patterns that need to be healed, and it makes it up that it's about something out there. And I never get to it directly as long as I believe that, but when I cancel the goal and collapse that construct, the underlying, it it collapses in on itself so that we get access to the underlying dynamic, which might be, you know, 20 generations old might be the real root of the the construct. You know, 20 generations ago when, you know, when the family was out on the prairie and, you know, were struggling and it built a farm and a fire went through and destroyed the fields and the house and the barn and everything and the loss and the grief that was unresolvable move from generation to generation to generation to generation and it comes up again and again and again but as long as we're stuck in this perceptual mind it'll always make up a story about how it's about something Mm -hmm. other than the Mm -hmm. fact that it's in me and what Mm -hmm. i want to do is keep collapsing into and breathing into what's in me accessing it directly and bringing it forward to the presence of love so there is dissolution and transmutation of that energy and then I get to open to the next level of, oh, this is what needs to be done next. The next level oh, of just, pure guidance based on actuality rather than constructs of my mind.
3: Oh, this is great. I, I see a few worksheets in my future here, and this is what <laughs> hey, i looking yay. for. We feel more worksheets in my teacher, so yeah, this is what i was, I was looking for that that pure pure awareness of of the form my purpose will take, just some certainty, and I think um not something I need to force or make lists about it's something I need to do worksheets on.
4: And
5: when I get to the point where, you know, if you remember the chart from Laws of Living where we looked at the senses that go along with the mind and body, and then there are a similar set of faculties in the the true dimension, the spiritual dimension, and we start to be able to acquire information directly, then that's when we can go, directly to the plant and know exactly what it needs and exactly what our part is if there's any part at all for us in interacting with that plant or that person or that you know climate situation or that whatever it happens to be we'll have direct access from being from from contact with the actuality the 20 trillion bit world that will instruct us rather than the nine-bit mind that says, oh, this is, this is what it's about. And to just mm-hmm. remember to keep collapsing, 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 collapsing. And each time I do collapse something that's based in pain of any kind, any form of hostility or fear, I get to drop into that hostility and fear directly as love, which is what resolves that hostility and fear-based mind energy and frees me from it, removes, literally forgives it, removes it. Thank you. Breathing with you.
3: Yes, I just took a deep breath.
5: (laughs) Got it. Very
3: powerful, powerful work.
5: Well, and more powerful for each one of us that decides to join and say, okay, let's go for it. So thank you for joining and thank you for being part of the process For enhancing it supporting it expanding it and, you know ultimately the the commitment is every mind heart and being on the planet so that we can play in the real realm like to me it's exciting when i when i think about how close we are to still being knuckle walkers you know a hostility and fear based world that goes on whether it's you know personally or you know inter Uh, country, intercontinental, you know, whatever level it's on. When I think about how close we are to knuckle walking in all of those regions and that, you know, we're designed to be functioning out of the pure presence and awareness of love and that the pathway to achieving that is the removal of generations and generations. You know, that that story about the Jews wandering in the desert for 40 years, you know, it was not a story about a hot, sandy place, 35 square miles in, in size. It was about a state of unconsciousness. And mm-hmm. when, when you read that passage, it says, here's, here's what they had to do to get out of the desert into what they called the promised land, which to me is the land of conscious co-creation. To get out of the desert, the old generation had to die off. It didn't mean everybody Mm -hmm. in old physical bodies had to physically die. The root of the word generation is genari. It means cause. All of the causes held within this structure that keep showing up as construct, construct after construct about something outside of us have to be removed to get out of that unconscious place and into a place of full conscious awareness where we are conscious co-creators of our lives and are, are functioning out of the whole out of, I think, you know, this latest picture that's come out of, it's been shown around a lot in the media of these nebulae and these universes that are just like, you know, the the whole shot is, you know, what looks like star after star after star after star. And then you, you find out that each of these things that look like stars are really whole galaxies that are billions upon billions of stars. And I think we're designed as humans. I think we're, we're capable, are ultimately capable, if we're fulfilling, fulfilling our purpose, of comprehending that, of, of functioning within that. And, you know, people are still walking around in, in sympathetic dominance, in survival mode, struggling, fighting, you know, playing a game that isn't even relative to what we're here for. And when I look back at 2000 years and I look at all the places I've looked over the years for where are the tools, where are the solutions, you know, this man 2000 years ago said, here, here's what you do. Got a goal that's bringing a construct up in your mind that's got some sort of pain to it. Mm-hmm. Shabag, cancel the goal, collapse that, drop into the next level of healing. It's like just monumental. So delighted to be traveling the path with you, young lady.
3: Much love to you both.
5: Accepted and appreciated and returned. And it feels like I just think- a moment of stillness is appropriate. <laughs> Go forth.
1: I was just going to say I'm not sure if Magda's hand's still up from where she talked to Dr. Tim, but I'm going to turn her microphone on and see eight two eight Magda, okay. you're on the air.
5: I think Carrie oh, wasn't hi. quite complete.
1: Hello. Hello, my Paul. Hey.
5: Did you did you have hi. another thought to share, Carrie?
3: No, you're One good. One second, Magda.
5: Okay. Magdalena, how are you, hi, young dude. lady? Stick
3: with us. I'm good. Well, Happy New Year to you. My hand is still up from Dr. Tim, but I'm glad to have the opportunity to say Happy New Year.
5: Hey, thank you.
3: Yeah, you're welcome.
5: I'm uh, yeah. I'm excited about the prospect of what's opening.
3: hmm Yeah, it sounds pretty fantastic, and uh, we are having a lovely opening here too. We are. In the midst of sorting and getting rid of things we don't need or want, know, tossing uh, away and uh, giving away and all of that stuff, so there's a cleansing going on.
1: It's wonderful. Cool. Yeah, nice. Mm-hmm.
3: So're well, holding you in please, our hearts. Thank you and. We uh hold you as well and are very grateful for your being this both of you.
5: All right, appreciate you.
3: Blessings. Mm-hmm. Blessings to you there. Bye bye.
5: All right. So Carrie, did you have another thought for us? Uh,
3: no and no, not not well, I was just going to um say that New Year, this concept it's it's a like time it's really meaningless it's another day the sun comes up again however we've created this concept of a new year in our minds to be able to start fresh on something it gives us an opportunity to consciously take a look at um, how we how we want to shift our being and our awareness into a new phase and it kind of you know, flows into the solstices and those planetary energies. And I just also want to, my wish for everyone in this new year is that um, opportunity to go deeper and look at co-creation in a new way, in a new form, and to deepen our relationships with each other. So thank you very much for all that you do.
5: Okay. Well, feeling the deepening and appreciation for everybody that joins us every day that you do. Pass the message along and everybody, create the best year yet of your eternal life. It is an awesome gift to give the world. And the world's in need of it right now. Blessings. Bye-bye.